0: Hello and welcome to the I know nothing about beer podcast. I am your host Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How in the world are you doing? Oh my goodness. Ah. So I'm recording this little interview, this little uh, intro, not interview, the intro right now from my bed because I tweaked up my back. It feels like a uh, someone put a vice between my two scapulas and like squished all the muscle there. And so um, if this sounds a little different, that's why. Um, but also this interview with Alad from Hopalytics had the most audio gremlin. So I'm going to apologize up front for the audio quality. Um, I actually had to take the audio quality audio from Skype and take that audio and place it in. So that's why my microphone sounds really weird, but please don't let that stop you from listening to this interview with Alad. Um, Alad is the man behind, um, Hopalytics which has tried to put some data together about the craft beer industry in Texas. So he set out a survey last year and then put out another survey earlier this year about COVID and craft beer drinking. And um, he's trying to get some good data around what beer drinkers are really doing in Texas. Um, Now we talk about the DFW area uh, because that's where I'm I'm based out of uh, he's based a little outside of Austin but uh, really it's an episode that is so informative if you are a craft beer drinker which I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast you are um, you're gonna find something interesting out of this because while the the focus is on Texas um, it really the ideas apply to what is going on in craft beer overall in the country so, I really, um, I really hope you like this one because I really love talking to Alid. It was so good to ask him questions about data, of questions about how the uh, survey was done, and then also what he's learned about the, what he's taken away from it and what he's hoping to do with the next survey. And We get into that a little bit as well. So... Um, I hope you stop, stop, take a minute to really take uh, Take a minute, take whatever time. I think it's a, it's a little longer of an interview as well. Um, I do have to say again, the intro is kind of weird on this one because the amount of audio issues that we faced on this one, uh, we start off on the second take, just letting you know. Okay. I've been blabbing. Here's the deal. Um, please, please, please. Uh, give me a follow on the Instagrams, on the Twitters, you know, where to find me at Al the brewer and, uh, the website, I know nothing about beerbot.com. I also now have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, where's that at uh, Al the just search Al the brewer. I don't have a custom link yet, but you can just search Al the brewer. I've got that there. I'm going to be posting up more interviews on there soon. It's just audio links, but I've also got some video on there right now as well. Um, but yeah, go check those out. Give me a subscribe on there as well. And if you could um, leave me a review on iTunes, that really does help the podcast out. I, you can't really leave reviews on any of those platforms right now. If you can, by the time you're listening, it's, you know, please give me a review. But um, giving me a review on iTunes really, really does help out the channel a whole, whole lot. So, all right. That's about it for me. Um, thank you so much. Drop me a line. Let me know how I'm doing at Brewer on the Instagrams, Twitter, socials, or Brewer at gmail.com. Send, uh, shoot me a line and let me know um, what you think about the podcast, how you think it's going, and all that other good jazz. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much. Cheers. i know nothing about beer podcast how in the world are you doing out there i'm gonna be honest this is insane i have not had this amount of audio technical difficulties on my side on my guest side right this is take two okay so we were about five minutes in everything just went to crap and i'm like nope we're doing it again we're just starting up uh-huh. alan how are you doing alan from hop analytics is on the podcast how are you doing sir
1: I'm doing good my friend and uh, I apologize if I was contributing to those sound issues hopefully we worked the gremlins out now I feel like it coincided with us opening our first beer um, yeah. I don't know <laughs> I don't know what went wrong there but hopefully we're back on track now
0: um, I'm hoping so too man uh, I am uh, just for the record this is the latest I've ever had to start the podcast because of technical difficulties and it has just been insane hold up please. I've got this nice, like, I bought this nice light. I better freaking use my nice new little light <laughs> here. Man. So, Alan from Hop Hopalytics. I don't want to say the name of your company, Ryan. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. You know what Here's the deal? People who people get the podcast or they don't, they're either in it at this point in time or they're like, they're like, no, it's cool. We're good. Um, for the people that stuck around. So, Hopalytics, I'm... So excited to get into that um, because you guys have done some really cool things about actually putting some data to uh, what craft beers, uh, craft beer drinkers are actually doing. And then you went into um, what craft beers were craft beer drinkers and breweries were doing at the beginning of this whole COVID thing. And I want to get into that, um, but I always uh, like to, uh, like to ask one kind of starter question just about all my guests is how, give me your personal history into craft beer. How did you get into it? Uh, how long you been into it? Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, yeah. Give me, give me, give, yeah. give it up, give it Yeah, up. yeah,
1: yeah. No, no, a- absolutely. So I, I've been, let's say, a, a craft beer supporter for for a long time, for a solid uh, ten years since I was in the UK. And by supporter, I mean um, avid consumer. I've not done any work yeah, on you. the on the brewery side, but uh, my my entire career was was in higher education, specifically in data analytics in higher education. So I was. Sure. Um, working on um, rankings and reporting for the universities. But over the years, mm. I've developed this real passion for um, craft beer. And, and when I met my, my wife, her brother owned a brewery in Illinois, and her father was a longtime home brewer. And that kind of really accelerated mm. my, uh, let's say, journey in craft beer. Gotcha. So gotcha. we moved to Texas uh, almost five years ago now. And so especially since we've been in Texas and been in and around the Texas beer scene, um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've met a lot of people along the way, and have a lot of friends who are in the industry, and uh, politics honestly came about from a, a couple of pain about, points.
0: You, really you totally... Identified. Dude, you cut out. Like I did. Solidly cut out. Just as
1: I was giving you the good stuff.
0: Just as you were giving me the good stuff. <laughs> okay, so we're going to pretend like that didn't happen. Okay? <laughs> so, how did you get... We'll, 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 well I will figure out a way to magically slice this up. How... So, I, I got from give me from uh what was it you moved to texas and that's when it stopped so i don't know if texas is against us or what but go
1: no yeah i I don't know but when i moved to texas um we have a lot of friends who work in the industry in texas and you know we started to identify some pain points particularly around the data analytics piece and the way in which craft breweries were kind of measuring themselves or the way in which they were being um reported on by the public whether it's like a yelp or a google review and so A lot of conversations over a lot of beers, I think, um, is where kind of the the idea behind Hoppolitics developed. Um, And it took us a while to get it off the ground. So, again, you know, we've been in Texas five years, and this was an idea for a couple of years, and then it's been going about 18 months.
0: Gotcha. Oh, you've only been in Texas five years. I've literally been – it was five years in February for myself. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Uh, I don't even know what month it is right now, honestly. With this with this COVID um, stuff going I believe on, leave
0: in July. July. There we go. Yeah. So the it's Fourth July it's... did happen. There were fireworks, and there's still been fireworks in my neighborhood. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, if it was you... my neighborhood, what when I grew up in, I would have been like, well, that's ah, still a little late, but the gunshots could still be going off.
1: <laughs>
0: that's the, my old my neighborhood I grew up in
1: it's a little Mm -hmm. of both around me actually i'm in the whole Mm -hmm. country and so it's a little of both around around me but uh yeah five years in texas and so um you know we've we've kind of we've been fortunate because even five years ago when we moved here the the industry was was kind of starting on that i would say like rapid expansion um obviously over the past five years particularly like ending last year so the four years running up to last year before covid i think in particular we saw obviously so such a uh, huge increase in the number of breweries and the and the amount of craft beer um, in Texas, and obviously the Texas the beer to go law passing last year obviously helped people get access to that as well. So we've been fortunate to be here, I think, at the right time.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, with um, I, I don't know if you listened to I did a, uh, an interview with Pediculus in this my my, well, my little series on Hope, and so he. I know that he was part of the team that brought along that beer to go law, and I was just telling him like, you know, there's got to be people thanking you so much for even getting the ball rolling and not having to try to start that with all of COVID happening, because that would been yeah. I think that would that would have really affected um, everyone yeah. in a really negative way.
1: Particularly in the first month or so, or first six weeks, because as you know, it takes so long to get any kind of legislation passed, even if it's, you know, the most needed legislation. Had that not been in place, I think in that first six weeks of COVID, we were seeing, you know, some pretty tough, tough days for a lot of breweries. So I, yeah. I think we were fortunate, if there's if you can say we've been fortunate at all um, with regards to COVID, because I know it's been so hard on so many people. Like the, you know, the, the one positive thing is that that passed at the back end of last year, and, yeah. and so... Um, yeah I mean but still so much more needs to happen right I mean Texas yeah. breweries need to be able to to deliver or or mail beer um there's a lot that needs to happen to to help them out
0: Yeah oh no there's I, believe me we could go on um and <laughs> for we could we could go three or four beers in easy about what laws need to change and uh if we had a brewer on our side I'm sure we could do a case or two so yeah. um <laughs> but let's get back into what you so you came here um, and you, you, said you grew up in, in, in Wales. Yeah, that's right. And I know the drinking laws there are a little, I'll say easier than in America. <laughs> uh, I've been, I, okay. And I, I want to make sure I specify this. I've been to England several times, been, been yeah. to London more than, been, uh, three or four times now, three times. And I have not made it to Wales. And I want to make sure, you know, I am distinguishing the two.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, well,
1: well. Let me say this. When it comes to drinking, I don't think you have to because I think we have a bad reputation across the British. Bad as in, I think, uh, reputation for heavy drinking, uh, loutish behavior, I think is how a lot of folks um, describe it. But, uh, yeah, the rules over there are are a lot different. I mean, you know, it's not it's 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 uh, pretty usual to see people drinking beer aged 14, 15. Uh, I'm trying to be trying to give away too much of my no, you know, no, 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 no. It's childhood
0: here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh... I, I, I understand that. I think that what the last time I was in England, um, I remember having, um, the time before that actually, I remember I went on a pub crawl with some of my yeah. wife's coworkers and I have never consumed more beverages that had alcohol in it but that tasted great that were at such a low ABV. And we had a really early flight, and my wife is looking at me, and we've got our our, our like Uber home or to our our little uh, hotel by the airport, and she's looking at me. She's like, "Are you going to be okay tomorrow morning? Like, we got to get up like at 4. And I'm like, "I don't know, but it's like twelve, and we'll see." And I woke up, and I was fine, and it, that has never happened like that before. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think there's definitely if you look at you know the traditional kind of British pub ales, um, the bitter ales. I, I think you can. You can drink those, uh, I think, to to excess, let's say, and and feel better the next day. And often because you're consuming so many calories that the alcohol can't catch up with you, I think is the issue. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, on the international scene, that's not necessarily what British drinkers are known for. They're known for the, uh, I think, the football hooliganism mm-hmm. and the drinking on the streets of Spain. Um, and it's not beer. It's often something a lot stronger. But yeah, you know, the UK the UK is a really interesting space because when I left there um, ten years ago, you know, craft beer was just kind of starting to be a thing. Mm. A big tradition in the UK was you know ha- having these kind of small um, uh, ale houses and pubs who would brew their own brew beer, particularly where I'm from and, yeah. and kind of more the rural part of the the country. And so it, it would it would if you looked at it now, it would look like a craft brewery, but that's certainly not what they were calling themselves ten no. or fifteen years ago.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay, again, something else I could totally dive into for a little while, but um, so let's go let's let's shift gears into hopolytics. Tell me what hopolytics is. Give me a little history behind it, what your um, yeah. what you guys have been what you guys did with the first round of content that you, you published.
1: Yeah, so on like a let's say like a macro level and a high level, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give both brewers and consumers access to better data. Right, access to better information to be able to make better decisions, whether it's our, our business decisions from a brewery standpoint or it's um, decisions on uh, seeking out that next new brewery from a consumer standpoint. And that gotcha. doesn't When we say we're trying to give them access to data, it doesn't necessarily mean we're trying to give them access to you know spreadsheets and Excel tables. We're trying to take, um, collect data, take that data, and then visualize it so that it's easy to consume from a consumer um, to the consumer, let's say. Okay. Right now, if you were to go to a city for the first time and search for a craft brewery uh, on Google or, or on Yelp, you are going to get you know a lot of the same kind of deal, right? Everyone's at that 4.5, 4.6, 4.7 out of five star ratings. Um, every single person's rating is worth the same thing. There's no qualification as to whether that anyone's actually been to that location or whether they actually have drunk beer at that location. And you know, we identified yep. that as a problem. And then on the flip side, on the more um, Let's say industry-specific side. If you look at someone like Untapped, Untapped is based around um, your rating of a specific beer. So if you're if you're not an IPA drinker and you roll into a brewery and you have an IPA and you give it a two out of five because you are not an IPA drinker, well that's no that's no reflection of that drink in particular. That's more reflection of, of your taste. Yeah. So what we saw was yeah, a lot of fault along the way there, and we thought there was a space for us to be able to 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 be useful. Let's say.
0: Gotcha, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but um, I, I try to um, if someone is listening to this and they have no idea what Untapped is, yeah. um, it is. Uh, this is what this is what I try to do in in the podcast. Like like I hear I hear words, I'm like, oh wait, I should probably just clarify that just in case someone doesn't know. Um, untapped U N T A P P D is think of it like a, the Yelp of like beer and breweries. Um, so you can get in there, you you know, you download the app, you take a picture of whatever beer you're drinking, um, you can rate it on a zero to five scale, check in where you're at, you know, earn badges. I'm really bad at it. I wish I was better at it, but I'm really bad at it. I think I would have so many more badges if I did even half the beers that I, I do, I drink. Um, but it's, um, I think it has a, a, I think it has a, depending on the brewery you're talking to, um, they either love Yelp or they hate Yelp. Um, I mean, sorry, uh, Untapped because you can get people that uh, come in and rave about this one beer from the brewery, and it gives them a lot of attention, uh, which is great, because they have this one beer that people go, oh, well, I don't know anything about this brewery. It looks like everybody loves this one beer. Um, And then you have other breweries where they have a really good portfolio that might be doing well, have one really, really bad beer, and if yeah. that's the one that stands out, then, yeah, then you're kind of screwed. So um, I, I know that there are, there are breweries that are just, like, that are uh, everywhere in between, but I've heard more of the love or hate than the, like, meh.
1: Yeah, and, and I, think there's, I think you're absolutely right with that. There's pros and cons, I think, and, and there's good sides and there's bad sides. But the thing I will say about Untapped is that you have to be a pretty, uh, let's say, expert, expert consumer, to be to have interest in, in untapped, right you have to be a, a, be a craft beer geek let 's say to have interest in untapped, and so I think that has its use again if you 're going to a, um, a brewery for a first time and you kind of say, "Okay, I want to try this specific style and they have four of these styles four stouts, which is their best um, rated stout on untapped, that can be something that helps you make a decision
0: yeah,
1: I, I think where we looked at that at it was, well, if you are just a average consumer and you 're looking for a brewery in Houston, let's say, that um, has a certain style or has a certain experience, maybe they're kid-friendly, they're dog-friendly, they serve food, mm-hmm. we saw the opportunity to serve out a pretty, a, a much more simpler um, data set that also is easier to consume, much quicker and easier mm-hmm. to, com- to consume as well.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So that first, so here's how I remember Hopalytics. I, re- I think it was, yeah. I can't remember the, the timeline, uh, the, the time, I think it was in the, like, uh, the summer, or, or I could be wrong. Uh it was uh, fall last 20, year. Last year. Okay, so summer 2019, somewhere around there.
1: Fall 2019 uh, is when we did our survey, uh, yeah. So the back end okay. of summer, early fall is when we did our, our, our first survey.
0: And I saw this link going around like, hey, complete the survey, craft beer drinkers. And yeah. I was kind of like, okay, what is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't, because I knew nothing about politics. I didn't know, you know, yeah. and I'm, 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 I've tried to be a little more cautious than not. I just got, um, a scam from a, uh, an interview, job interview scam, um, via Google messages, and that was a lot of fun. So, I see that, I see people completing it, and I totally forgot to, I'm going to confess, I totally forgot to do it, and then I saw these results come out, and I was like, oh, I should have been in part of this. So, you did this survey, you sent it out, I saw links to it on Twitter, Facebook, all the other fun other spots, um, and then you got a total of how many people on that first, how many people completed the survey on that first round.
1: So in terms of usable data, we ended up having just under 1,500 folks. I would say um, okay. complete the survey because, as you can imagine, some people only completed, let's say, five out of eight pages. But we still use that use that data in mm-hmm. certain aspects. Um, the key for us, though, was getting um, both consumers and industry professionals to complete the surveys. So we ran two parallel surveys: one for straight up consumers, and one for um, anyone who's directly involved in the in the industry. Gotcha. Uh, and the idea behind that was to try and give two different perspectives. Because we, I think we, we realized that, the um, particularly the way that, that trends are going, that we were going to see very different results from both populations. But we gotcha. also felt that 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 both consumers and brewers would like to see the differences in those results as well. So we did two different surveys. Those surveys were pretty similar. So a lot of those questions were tagged to one another. Um, but there were some, like, key differences in that we asked Um brewers maybe more questions about beer styles whereas we you know our consumer survey in particular was one I say one of the most important things about consumer survey that makes it different to other um, like ratings or, or uh, like Google or Yelp or Untapped is that we we only asked um, consumers to give opinions on things that they liked so hmm. if, if first thing we did was we for example we asked you which uh, which beer styles do you drink so if you don't drink a stout we didn't ask you which breweries you think are making the best stout in the same way if you weren't looking for a brew you know if one of the things that, that factored into your um, deciding which brewery to go to was it being kid friendly then we asked you you know which breweries you think are kid friendly if you didn't say that we didn't ask you and so hmm. the, the way in which we looked at that was we'd rather have 200 um, people with kids who actually think about that, give us that response than have a thousand people who are just kind of saying, "Well, I went to that brewery and I saw a playscape. scape. Maybe I should just name it." Yeah, them. yeah. Um, really real quick, do to, you have kids? Yeah. I do have a kid. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Because that 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 I've got two, and so yeah. like brewery kid friendly. That's like that is before kids brewery kid friendly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I'm like, no, oh, I got a definite like. Oh I've got, yeah. I've got yeah and yeah, my yeah. wife How has I, a longer could... list than myself.
1: You can make some shitty beer. I will drink it if you have a place game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing with that one, especially all the folks I, I know well, a lot of people emailed me or reached out, and I first thought they were joking was, hey, you published a list of kid-friendly breweries. Could we get that list that was at the bottom? Could we get those people who weren't kid-friendly? Because all my buddies, all my yeah. sober buddies. <laughs> yeah, I can understand
0: well, that too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they're like, I want a place that I'm not going to see a kid. Could you do that for yeah. me?
1: That's exactly it. So... You know, so we felt that that even that, even if we were only getting, for example, in like Dallas-Fort Worth, 50 people respond with that information who we knew were qualified to talk about it. We felt that that was was valuable information to someone like myself. If I'm going to Dallas for the first time, obviously I have the data. I can access that data and be like, okay, who's kid-friendly, who's not? Um, uh, And the the secondary thing we did with that was we then went back to a, a very small population within the survey respondents, who'd said, for example, kid-friendly, and we did a mm-hmm. second survey, a, a, a much longer survey, and it was things like asking them, okay, tell us what factors factor in to you deciding if something is kid-friendly.
0: kid-friendly. So not only yeah. do we
1: understand, okay, these are the kid-friendly breweries, we also were able to tell breweries, well, listen, the consumers were factoring these 10 things in. And it's things that, again, you have young kids, I have young kids, things I wouldn't have thought about three years ago. But like having a changing table in the in the, the guy's restroom, um, having a kids food menu, having um different areas soda. for yeah, soda, different areas for small kids and you know, for, for five year olds as the two year olds. Just things like that that, yeah. again, it's very specialist. If 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 I know that's there, that's much I'm much more likely to stop by um with my two year old than I am if not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my my wife has a very specific no sitting on empty kegs rule. Um <laughs> What if they're full? If seating <laughs> includes empty cakes, we're not going there. De- and the kids definitely ain't going there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and, and so, you know, we, so we did that for kid-friendly. We did it for dog-friendly. We did it for food. We did it for taproom atmosphere. Uh, we did it for live music. And so, you know, not only were we be able to say, well, look, um, in San Antonio, for example, 25% of people factor in live music as a reason to choose a new brewery. Mm. We we're also able to say these are the ones that they think are the best for live music in san antonio and these are the six or seven things that that factored into them saying this is good for live music gotcha. um and so i think that's really useful to a consumer going to san antonio who wants to listen to live music for the first time but i also think it's really useful to a brewery who says okay i want to start putting on live music what are the six or seven boxes i need to tick to make sure that folks a know I've got the live music on, but b when they come here they have a good time and they they talk about it to their friends.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So the first round came out. I saw more than a few different people. Uh, range of opinions as the beer oh, yeah. community has. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about the beer community, um, and I think this just because for any sub sub uh, subculture, um, opinions reign high, and you get yay. I remember my favorite was uh, something of, oh, this is, looks like a cool way to view the data. And then someone goes, they only got 1,000 people. And then someone else goes, yeah, yeah but they got 1,000 people. And I just love to see yeah. that range of, of that. Um, or or 1,500, sorry. Um, well,
1: 1,000 so 1, consumers. Yeah, 1,000 consumers oh, 1, completed consumers. the survey. We, we, we then used another couple of hundred consumer responses, for um, not for the actual consumer report, but we also gave reports to a number of the breweries to kind of say, look, of folks that mentioned you, this is what they talked about. So, you know, it was good for us not only to, to get those 900 or 1,000 people complete the survey, but also to understand, and survey science is my kind of background, understanding, you know, why do people complete a survey? How do you structure it so that you know you're getting experts? Because one of our big, um, you know, one of the big fears in something like this is that a brewery gets hold of it. And I'm not saying, you know, anyone would do this, but they send it out to all their folks and they say, hey, vote for us. Just vote for us. Vote for us. And you see that with a yeah. lot of you know, online competitions. The way in which we structured our survey, it, it's almost impossible to do that. If you're not a craft beer drinker, you get to page two or three, and I don't care if it's your son or daughter that runs the brewery. You're kind of like, listen, I'm out. I don't have enough information to be able to answer this. But one gotcha. of the other things we, we did, which I'd say worked well for us in some ways and actually worked against us in other ways, was that we asked folks to name a significant number of breweries. So...
0: If we were yeah, you, and yeah, that was a uh, that was something I want to hit up on. <coughs> yeah, please. Yeah, a, a, a significant number of breweries, and I think I saw something. Hold on, I think I do. I have it up here. Something of like, like 50, 40, more than forty breweries in the last three years. I'm like, that's a bit.
1: Yeah. So actually, it's funny. So the average um, respondent, average per- person who completed the survey um Mm -hmm. had actually visited 26 different texas breweries right so this is not this is not just your you know uh average blue moon drinker on the street right this is this is folks who who really care and so for us that when that thousand number was what we got to we were pretty happy with that because for us it was not about necessarily quantity around the state it was more about in year one getting that quality of of feedback and quality of engagement yeah there was a good percentage of folks who reported they'd been to over 70 breweries in Texas, which, um, you know... That's I, I, really I, hard to
0: do in Texas. Really
1: hard to do, but there was a lot of folks who, who had done it. And when we kind of looked, you know, delved into the hood and, and we did a lot of data checking and data cleaning, um, and it was pretty accurate, right? You can tag some of these people to their untapped accounts just to mm-hmm. check to make sure that they're not, you know, kind of throwing in responses there. And everything was pretty is pretty accurate. But, but yeah, because we asked we asked people to name a lot of breweries in each response. So if you said that you were a Pilsner drinker, I was going to ask you for, for between five and 10 breweries who, um, you thought were the best making the best Pilsners. And that gave us a ton of data, but it also meant that you couldn't really gain the survey because you could put your favorite brewery as number one, but you're still giving me, you know, four, at least four additional pieces of data after that, if not, not more. um, where that then backfired, and this is something we didn't necessarily realize or think about until after we published the results, where that backfired was we had a lot of responses in the big metro areas, um, mm-hmm. so Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, even El Paso. And, and But where we didn't get responses was in those areas where there are great craft breweries, but... The respondents to the survey didn't know maybe more than five or more than six names of breweries. And so Mm. they they would drop out of the survey pretty quickly because they said, well, you know, I I know there's this one great craft brewery here. I've mentioned it a couple of times. I don't know anything else. Uh, This survey is not for me. And so we saw a lot of people drop off. Um, Let's say the survey was, I forget, 12 pages long. You know, in that kind of like after page five, we saw a lot of people drop off outside of those metro centers. And I think what that meant then was, was that – well, it definitely meant this – that some of those great breweries who were not in those metro centers didn't get represented as well as they could have or should have. Gotcha. Say.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, so you get all this fun data. You start sending it out. What would the bre- – this is one of the things I was wondering was what, was the, what were the breweries' responses? Because I got to see – the responses on the consumer side because i saw all yeah. these people in my groups that i'm you know part of in yeah. facebook and other things like that you know you know respond 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 and i saw you know different replies and things like that but what were the breweries responses to this to the data so so uh,
1: on the whole first of all the breweries were actually very responsive in completing the survey um mm-hmm. and i think they were pretty excited to see somebody um let's say asking their opinion because you know, having Yelp or Untapped kind of shoved down your throat every day, um, when you know, especially when it's your beer, you absolutely know better. And there's nothing worse than having, let's say, some guy come in and say this tasted this doesn't taste as good as Blue Moon, one star. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And the fact that there isn't yeah. a way to remove that kind of stuff um, right now, I think, is super frustrating. Yeah. So. You know, I I think the fact that we were asking for their input was um, something that folks were were really um, excited about. From the results perspective, it's actually um, exactly how you'd you'd think it would come out, actually. So the consumers were very responsive and reported very much so on a lot of the kind of, I don't want to say hype because that's the wrong word, but a lot of the trend-based breweries, people who are brewing perhaps non-traditional beer or doing non-traditional things. Whereas a lot of the brewers would then um, very much gravitate towards those um, more traditional breweries in Texas in particular and Mm. say, I think they're creating the the best beer. So when we published our report and it's a 40 page report, so it's it's long, we actually published the brewery and the consumer numbers side by side. So you can Mm. see, you know, which ones are similar and which ones are, are pretty different. Um, we published it again in, in a in a big PDF report we're gonna work a lot harder this year to publish it in a more kind of consumable way through the website gotcha. um, but even just kind of flipping through that report you can see who you know the differences in the in the responses
0: gotcha gotcha, gotcha. so you finish off that one and I, I think I've just kinda of given it as a timeline because this is how I know what yeah. what you've done um, yeah then you start up one about COVID-19 and the drinking trends during COVID-19. And yeah. you were released this pretty early. Like you did yeah. this. Um, I mean, this was, I want to say near March.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We And that was still, I mean, people yeah. were still, I'll put it way: I, I remember hearing about COVID-19 because I've got my ear kind of towards things that happened in China because I lived there for a yeah. while. We talked about this a little bit. Um, and when I heard the word Wuhan, my ears perked up because I'm like, I've been to there. And then yeah. I was listening about this virus happening, and I was like, Ooh, this is not good. Yeah. And then it got here in January, February, and then March, and then April, were in you know shut down and all yeah. that other fun jazz. Yeah. And so to see your report come out so early, I was like, Whoa, that was yeah. that was
1: quick well the the idea behind that honestly was at the time when we did that in march we didn't obviously know how long this is going to go on and so we, we saw a role for ourselves to be very reactive and to take a snapshot yeah. um in the first two or three weeks that everything was shut down and we were moving to beer to go we saw it uh, build the opportunity to take a snapshot of input from consumers mm-hmm. and turn that into a very short report that gave breweries some market intelligence so you know, a couple of really interesting things popped up from that, even in terms of you know how far folks are willing to drive um, to pick up beer yeah, to go. I saw that. Yeah, all, all, all the way through to you know what is their preferred, um, uh, let's say, vessel or you know size of beer that they're picking up to go. Now, as we all know, that that has uh, stopped being a choice for a lot of breweries with the with different um, crowler and can shortages over the past few months. But mm-hmm. certainly trying to give some input as to you know. What are, the most, what are the factors that folks are thinking about? Um, what is influencing uh, which brewery I go to to pick up beer to go? I think that was a really important role that we played in the first few weeks of COVID. And one of the things that, that came out from that report in particular was uh, we asked folks, here, what, are the most, what are the factors um, from a brewery that, 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 that make you decide you know, where you go to pick up beer? And we knew things like yeah. social distancing and hygiene was going to be one of them. Um, we knew, like, location was going to be another. But the number one most important factor that came out at that time was how active and how uh, they are on social media and how clear they are about the process for not just purchasing beer but also picking up beer to go. And so, you know, we we like to think, we've had a lot of feedback from breweries that that was really helpful, finding that information out early in this process. um, Because I know a lot of people pivoted to to almost, you know, kind of overposting. Uh, in a in a constructive way um, because of that but you know a, again for us that was just trying to just trying to be helpful right it was trying to say okay look we can put a survey in the field over five days I think it was um, we can capture this this um, this kind of raw input through uh, 14 or 15 questions of consumers and we can turn that into actionable actionable intelligence for breweries um, I think that was that was really
0: useful yeah, I, I remember seeing that and going, "Oh, wow! This is this is quick." And it was very much, it was, it, it to me, it seemed almost like you guys were trying to be proactive in how can we help out the community. Um, because I mean, I'm I've got a microphone and I have a, a very small idea of my very small audience of how many people are actually yeah. listening to this. Um, and if you are listening. <laughs> Thank you. It is not, I do not say it in a diminutive way. Like, I love every single one of the people that listen to this podcast. Okay. Um, But um, I, that's part of why I started my little series on hope was just, I was like, I really want to give something back to the community um, to go, hey, could we, we find something good out of this? Um, And then I saw your report coming out and going, oh, it's so good to see someone's trying to do something to help out the brewers make a more effective plan for whatever this is going to end up being. And I don't think anybody knew that we would be where we're at now. Uh, I I really think most people thought this would blow over, um, but it definitely has not. I mean, I'm going to do a little timestamp. Here it is, July 7th. Um, In Texas, we're having a big uptick. Um, and you know, we're, we're underneath a, no, any place that is the quote 51 and over percent alcohol Mm -hmm. is either shut down or to go only at this point in time. And so, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah. I
1: was was going to say, and I think at the time no one really knew what was going to happen, but also there's been so much, um, fluctuation I would say in the the regulations and the, the kind of the kind of guidance that's rather than law handed down by the the governor in particular so you know under that first shutdown we actually saw a number of breweries in my area where i live pivot pretty quickly to um adding food options and adding even grocery options so that they would stay open Mm -hmm. be able to stay open seven days a week so great example is 12 fox brewery which is not too far from where i where we are in hill country they moved from opening three days a week to opening seven days a week and then selling groceries at the same time now you couldn't drink beer on site but everyone that came to pick up groceries also took a full pack with them um and so that you know things like that i just thought were, were, were more of an innovative way of kind of addressing the problem um now of course you know a lot of our Breweries that are in the big cities, uh, I think th- those guys in particular have been under pretty heavy scrutiny, um, both back then and now. But you know, thinking about Austin, which is probably the, the closest um, metro centre to where I am, it's really tough right now to be seeing craft breweries kind of banded in with the same um, group of folks as some of these bars on, on if you know Austin, like Sixth Street in Austin, who, mm-hmm. you know, a few weekends back were packing folks in. Um, when you know you know a lot of breweries are able, capable, and willing and planning to put in place social distancing, um, Mm. safe, hygienic ways for people to come in and still enjoy beer. And so uh, on our side right now, it's super frustrating to see that everyone kind of being banded together. And hopefully, you know, someone will make a common sense decision over the next few weeks. Now we're past 4th of July weekend, but uh, it's tough to see.
0: Yeah, and I'm really frustrated with how I see I think there's two things I'm really frustrated with there's one it's the lack of acknowledgement about the seriousness of the of the of the virus because I feel like there's this um this how do I put it this force of like you know I'm not going to wear a mask because you can't tell me what to do and I'm I really struggle not to harden my heart towards that, but it really yeah. is a struggle. Um, and then I see places like, um, let me, let me give a shout out to funky picnic where they immediately changed how they're doing the Michael from, uh, yeah. the brewer from funky picnic. He was saying like, they changed how they did everything when they had to close down. It was like shift the entire business model. But even now, um, I've gone by there to pick up beer, be- uh, recently. And, um, Man, that's it's one of the few places I would feel comfortable going to yeah. to have lunch or dinner with my wife yeah. because yeah. it's so well spaced out. And I know that they're hurting because they're not seeing what they what um some of the bars I've seen on T V have been doing. And you yeah. know, and I think yeah. we're getting shown the outliers on that. Um yeah. but still those outliers. outliers are really hurting yeah. Yeah. everything about what i want to be doing right now because as much as i love talking to you on this podcast like i would much rather like be like hey babe let me just go out and grab grab a pint real quick at you know xyz brewery wherever you know yeah yeah no 100 I, i i
1: couldn't agree more and it's again it's been frustrating to see that especially craft breweries have been tagged with you know under the same um brush as a lot of these um bars that i think did flaunt the rules in the first Few weeks um, mm. back, and it's also tough to see, you know, breweries being separated from wineries in the same way as well.
0: Yeah, um, that it's... that is always so weird to me that you change it to a grape, and all of a sudden, like, there's this whole new, you know, uh, set of of laws. I I I I come from California originally, and so, um, I I, I I'm I don't know if you're familiar with the term blue laws. Yeah okay so th- to me uh, that was a new term when I moved to Texas like I kind of knew about it but um, the blue laws here um, are because there's a background of morality in the stance whereas in California it's all about taxes you know so it's it's not about anything about you know any religious background on where or how you serve alcohol it's all yeah. about taxes and then safety Um yeah. And so it's so I still struggle with like okay I can't pick buy a beer before noon, noon on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. I yeah. still don't get that. I don't understand it. Look, at I am one of these God-fearing Christians. All right, I go to church. I love me some Jesus. I love me some singing of this praise song. I, <laughs> I I get I get the Jesus. I don't get why Jesus doesn't want us to have a beer. Buy a beer. I was. Uh, b- before noon on a Sunday. I don't,
1: yeah. Yeah, 12.05 is okay, but before noon. No, I, I I agree. And, you know, there's so much that goes into this, and there's so much kind of, I would say, like, you know, lobbying and politics ultimately go, goes into this, I think, in the, the state. I think our, our Brewers Guild do such a fantastic job, and I think, just- you know, yeah. folks like um you know it was it was great to see Adam be recognized recently for his work uh recognized nationally for his work in, here in Texas to help the beer to go people like um we did an event recently with Repub- um representative Eddie Rodriguez here in Austin oh, wow. who's running to Texas Senate Texas State Senate um and so again it's really good to have you know those those folks championing what we're do what we're doing it's just you feel like they're running up against such a institutional um like the three-tier system particularly in texas which again i could yeah. get into for a long time yeah. and probably we should yeah. stay away from but uh <laughs> it's just, you, know, I, I think, I you know i get it's that. a hard environment to, to it's already a, it was it was already a hard environment to mm-hmm. start i think and run a craft brewery, and i say that with all respect having not done it myself but just from seeing it's a hard environment so i think especially when something like COVID hits um the fact that the rules, you know. Some the of work guys,
0: against
1: you work against them. i think is, is really tough now w- with that said it it's hard to take positives from the covid but there there are some positives i think for texas breweries in particular like i have seen texas breweries i would say become 5 years more competent or accelerated 5 years in selling mm. a year to go and especially managing their sales online their pos online
0: yeah.
1: um i i think that you know all of these breweries have become so good at that so quickly that uh i think that's something that will stay and that will benefit them for for years to come which i think is is fantastic
0: yeah the other that, thing i think I know, is like, yeah or, or being able to place your order in and then go hey i'm gonna pick this yes. up and it's ready like that's just so nice to be able to do. Ooh, you switched beers man you were okay, drinking I, did. A I
1: was like i said it's uh it what time is it right here yeah it, it passed that time i'm drinking a um a stout from easler street in san antonio um we got to know these guys after we published the report because it was funny that was one of the breweries that appeared pretty strongly in our report um that maybe weren't really that well known outside of san antonio and so you know we'd like to to, to be able to um identify some of those kind of smaller batch breweries that that don't have that um distribution footprint but uh yeah, they're doing some fantastic things down there. I also have a lot of breweries in San Antonio. And that's actually, you know, the, the, another positive, I think, taken from COVID, if you can take one, is that we've seen such, a, um, I think, a sense of community amongst craft breweries. And I think San Antonio yeah. is a great example of that. San Antonio, yeah. I, I would say, was, was was ready for its absolute worldwide coming out party um, with the Craft Brewers Conference you know, it was supposed to run there in April, and all of these breweries who I think have been um, bubbling on the surface for the past 12, 18, 24 months were kind of ready for their coming-out party. And the fact that that was cancelled, I think, was uh, is you know probably one of the most tragic things that happened to Texas beer in the mm. past um, few months. Clearly, you know, breweries like Easer Street and Weathered Souls and Kunstler and Roadmap and Cactus Land and and Back and Turn. All those breweries, and then Mad Packer. They are producing some great beer, but it's very hard to get or very hard to even find out about unless you're in San Antonio. And they've lined up so many collaborations with breweries across the state in particular so that not only when CBC was happening in San Antonio could you try it there, but it would also then move back to other breweries across the state as well so everyone else would get a yeah. chance to try it. I just, you know, that was a, a real, I think, you know, I get one of the real tragic pieces of all this. But the sense of community amongst those breweries and the fact that they've Honestly, not complained about it. They just kind of got on with it and uh, continued yep. producing great beer. I think is is really great to see. But uh, man, that was going to be a great party.
0: Yeah, that would have been a good one. Um, I have not been to the craft brewers Con- conference. I've seen it, and it's always been on that that like edge of like, oh, I want to try to get there. I mean, JBF yeah. is my is my end goal. Like that yeah. is that is yeah, yeah. List, You know, yeah. um, especially if I could if I could weasel my way into a press pass let me tell you oh (laughs) that would be so much fun um okay so i believe we were talking about this a while ago that you're thinking about putting out a third survey is that right well and is this going to be a follow-up more for like about covid or is it just a like general back into hey what are people drinking and what are breweries doing
1: we're going to do a second texas survey as we did as we did last fall um last fall we felt like we did it a little bit too late so we published our results a week before christmas which was Mm -hmm. great and we had a ton of exposure and and honestly we looked at last year actually as year zero we're like oh let's do this and see if it gets any kind of uh interest or any kind of exposure and that thing honestly blew up on us um pretty quick which was great to see but because you know like you're saying you know everyone has an opinion and with things like this Absolutely no way did we think anything that we said was correct. The idea behind it was ultimately for folks to talk about it, right? It, our, if you think about our mission or our, our, why we set out to do this—we kind of said, "Listen, we would like to um, educate people to go and, and find new craft breweries everywhere." But if only hmm. one person finds one new craft brewery because of our survey, well, that will have helped. You know, we feel like we have contribute in some way, and so we felt like we really did that last year, and a lot of the breweries that appeared in the report that perhaps mm. um, didn't have like big distribution footprint or didn't have those kind of established reputations but they you know were recognized by consumers they all came back and said listen man you know this is great for us this is, you know this has really helped us get our, our name out there um so we'll be doing that again this year we'll be tweaking it a little bit to making it a bit more inclusive okay. in terms of um going back to what i said making sure that folks around texas can give us input and that again there's some great breweries all over the state not just in the metro centers that we want to make sure we we recognize this year so we'll be changing the structure a little bit so it's easier for folks to um to answer the survey but you know we've also got some other things that we've been thinking about particularly over the past few months we've we've been um just had a lot of conversation with brewers and brewers have actually breweries have actually approached us a little bit more and said you know last year we did one of our categories and it was only a small category was um asking folks about how breweries are contributing to the wider community in craft beer mm. um but one of the things that breweries are talking a lot more now is about how do we expand that so not just how a brewery is contributing to the community but how are they increasing the community widening the community and being more inclusive in craft beer and, and encouraging mm. more in- inclusiveness and diversity in-, in craft beer and so gotcha that's something that we've been thinking a lot about over the past few months and we'll, i think mm-hmm. we'll continue to put a lot more thought into that um as well as i've started to you know and especially with our when we put our report out last year i feel like mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of folks reach out to me who you know i didn't really know their breweries before i hadn't really come across them because they were they were local breweries or they were they were regional breweries in certain parts of the state and um you know we, we've seen very tangible examples and i've been to a lot of places a lot of a lot of breweries now i think where you go in and the clientele is not your traditional craft brewer the craft craft. Be a consumer, sorry, um, but because of what those breweries are doing, either through their atmosphere, their marketing, their beer, the way they're positioning themselves, they are actively attracting a new um, population of craft beer drinkers, right? And yeah. so, if we think about, you know, uh, I, I used to be a purist, coming from Europe in craft beer, and I used to think, oh, you know, craft beer has to be one way only, the traditional way. But I think over the past twelve months, in particular, I've definitely changed my mind on that because, you know, if we're not looking to bring new folks into craft beer and saying we have to adapt to bring them in rather than they need to come in and just like what we're doing already. Um, you know, I think especially with the, um, you know, just the ongoing fight with big beer and craft seltzer, seltzer, big beer, big seltzer. I think we need to, to really oh, think don't about don't say that. Big
0: Seltzer, man. Uh, that yeah. just sounds wrong. I mean, I get it, but it just that sounds wrong in the podcast. I'm going to have to bleep that out. But, no, I, I get what you're talking about. Um, one of the things I think about Texas is that it is about five to ten years, depending on where you're at, behind what I know of as, as California craft beer. Okay? Yeah, okay. okay. And one of the things that I was seeing in California um, – right around the time I was leaving were uh, people of color, people of a minority background, um, starting to open up their own breweries. And that being a more popular thing. Um, Not that people of, of color and minorities haven't always been involved in craft beer, but that there was a movement to get going on that. And I'm seeing that now in Texas, that that's actually something that's gaining not just notoriety, but that there is an undercurrent in the craft beer community coming about. Um, Not that it hasn't always been there, but that it is actually starting to come up and about, Um, which is really, I I love seeing that because I think just more, the more voices, the more um, uh, opinions, the more, um, uh, the more, uh, I want to say the more diversity you have in this. In this little subculture, um, it's only going to edify what comes out of your beer. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, uh,
1: and I, yeah. So that for sure, I think is, is absolutely true. Um, I, I think the fact that the, the thing that I think about the most is that folks who can crack open a can of beer ultimately don't know, you know, who brewed that beer, where it came from. But I, I think one of the things in Texas already is that some of the best beer being made in Texas is not being made by, you know, white white men, right? It's being, you know, we have, we have such a, um, I would say a, a diverse group of people who are at the top of that um, kind of brewing space in particular that maybe we don't even realize that, um, you know, I, I think it's something that, that is a good start. But again, I think over the past few months, I think the the Black is Beautiful movement, the fact that so many folks, so many other breweries jumped on to what Marcus is doing then at Wethered Soul's, I think was it was is a great, yeah. um, great illustration that, that people want things to change. Mm-hmm. I think like anything else, and like in any other industry though, you know, it's 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 one thing to one thing to want it to change; it's another thing to to actually put steps in place to to make change mm. happen. So, I, I was really excited to see this week a, a number of of um, uh, uh, financial bursaries and scholarships that were announced to help. People mm. um, of color actually get into to brewing, and so I think was that the Michael
0: Jackson fund? That was one of
1: them, yeah. But there was a couple okay. actually that were announced this week, yeah. And so um, you know, I, I think let, anything. Like real that, quick, let
0: me clarify. Yeah. Michael Jackson, not, not singer, yeah. <laughs> you know, all of that. Michael Jackson, the amazing beer writer that I think anybody in craft beer with a microphone, pen, or a keyboard aspires yeah. to be like, yeah, in their yeah. writing, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, I, I think that there's positive steps being made um, in craft beer. The, the, you know, the question's always going to be, you know, how quickly are we doing it and could we be going, could we be, Could it be quicker? Uh, could, it, could those steps be bigger and could they be happening quicker? And I think the answer to that is, is yes, um, mm. honestly. So, you know, we're having those discussions right now as to how, how can, if we are going to survey, let's say, 2,000 people in Texas this fall, mm. what are the questions we could be asking to help? that movement to help mm-hmm. support that movement right or help to be an gotcha. ally in that that movement and so um it's not an easy thing to do and you know we we, we are really thinking about it but um it's definitely kind of top of mind right okay. yeah
0: gotcha and i'm glad that that's something that you guys are going to be including in the survey um and i love that the fact that it was like the brewers came to you was like hey we need to know a little more about this how do we go yeah. about this because that that shows a um, just at least a proactive step, at least on those brewers' part, of of how do we continue this conversation? How do we keep moving forward in this area? I love that, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that we tested last year that we're really gonna roll out to a much more significant level this fall is um, we tested, so we, we took all of this, this raw data and we ended up with 55,000 pieces of data, honestly, from, from those surveys that we did. Ooh. And what we tried to do was reverse engineer reports so that um, the breweries could receive some content that talks a little bit more about what are folks saying about you. So you may think that you're great at X, Y, Z. Well, here, based on um, everyone's answer, here's a report on what what people think you're you're good at. And we did that last year for a small handful of breweries that we had a lot of data on. We're going to be expanding that this year in particular because we feel that that almost like business intelligence is what breweries need to be able to kind of help them, whether it's pivot to a new audience or in a different direction um, or whether just getting that validation that they're on the right steps, uh, they're on the right path to, you know, whatever gotcha. it is that they're doing. And so, I, you know, I think ultimately that's where we can add the most value. It's great to be able to produce a report and have consumers mm. agree with it or bitch and moan about it. That's great. You know, it's great. But because honestly, again, Someone who says, look, I wholly disagree with this, chances are they're still reading it and finding out about one new brewery that maybe they didn't go to before. But I Georgia. think that ultimately where we have the, um, the real value is being able to say to a brewery, okay, listen, of the 2,000 people, 350 mentioned you, and this is what they mentioned you for. And you may think that you're a, again, kid-friendly brewery, but no one said you were, and this is why. Um, I, you know, I think that, that's useful.
0: All I can think about what yeah. you said, you may think you're a kid-friendly brewery, like, like in a, like, you may think that having the changing table out in the middle of yeah. the, the, the bar <laughs> is great, but that yeah. that doesn't help you out, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, th- th- you yeah, know, that's
1: what we think we can have ultimate um, impact, I think, is, hel- is helping the, the independent craft breweries grow. Because, again, that's how we started this project, it was, kind of th- it was to help those independent craft breweries um, mm-hmm. Who don't have access to analytics, right? Big beer, they employ analytics teams of twenty. Oh, they're people. they're good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you know your local craft brewery doesn't have access to um, consumer-based analytics. You know they can look at their POS, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things we talk to breweries a lot about is understanding their POS um, data a lot more. But they can look at their POS data and say, okay, in any given Saturday, what percentage of Consumers were new consumers and does that change over the course of the year over the course of a, a day in a week, but ultimately being able to take um, feedback from Consumers and say okay look 50 people in your zip code responded to the survey, but only 13 mentioned you That's a problem things like that. I think a way more useful to um, to both yeah. brewers and to the
0: brewery owners. Yeah. 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 Well, man, I um... I, I I love to give kind of the last you know we're coming to the end of the the, the podcast here um, man it's been so good to talk to you I don't I think one of the things I was most excited about talking to you about is I get a lot of people on this podcast that have uh, that it, it's it's and this is I don't want to say bad but uh, it's opinion based you know right it's yeah. what do you think about this and then to have someone on the podcast that comes from a data background is like no 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 this is what we found out now yeah. It One of the great things about data is that it changes as you either dive deeper or go a wider net, or um, you know data changes as time goes by. And so it was so good to talk it's been so good to talk to you to hear about actual numbers behind so these, these results and what that led to. Um, so no, I thank you. I was, I was really hoping to get you a while ago. And actually we've been talking about this. I think yeah. since January, <laughs> um, I was like, Hey, we should probably, you know, we, I want you to come on my podcast. You're like, yeah. And then COVID happened. And it was like, do you still want to come on the podcast? So uh, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate this. And um, I kind of give the last couple of minutes to, uh, you know, to the, to to you, to uh, promote anything you want. I want to have you back on whenever the the survey is out. But um, where can people find the original results? Is there any place that you want to connect with people on Twitter, Instagram, and all of that? Um, yeah. Last couple of minutes is yours, man. Please promote away.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And listen, I, I'll just say this as well. I really appreciate what you do, and and any anyone that has a microphone and who you know approaches it from your perspective, where you are honestly helping out our independent independent breweries and folks like me who are also trying to support that movement. I think you know you're having real impact in that in that space. So please keep doing what you're doing. Um, in terms can of, just help,
0: add. Yes. Can to Al the Brewer on the podcast as well on the survey as well i would really love that <laughs> <laughs> favorite podcaster and just have one answer what? al the brewer i would love 100 percent yes please do
1: <laughs> but uh but no you can find us at hopolitics on instagram twitter facebook hopolitics.com is where you can download the report so mm-hmm. hopolitics.com right now um we i said we mashed up that website last year. I was very fortunate to have a, a close friend who's a fantastic web developer, web designer, and who was able to, to put that up for us. But mm-hmm. it, there's some of the content available um, just on the website, but you can go on and download that report for free. And that report, honestly, is at 40 pages long. It's extensive, but it is useful um, for sure. So I would highly encourage you to do that. Al, I'm actually... Cu- kind of um it's kind of better i think that we didn't connect in january because i think in january we've just have been talking about last year's report whereas now we're yeah. talking about this on kind of that like that more broader level but i would love to come back yeah. and, and talk to you in the fall as we release our survey but th- the last thing i would say is you know if anyone wants to reach out and uh, again we are a we're a data essentially organization right so we're looking for input at every stage as to how to collect better data better data better data depends if you're in uk or us and so You know, anyone that wants to reach out who's listening, who would like to be involved, um, we would absolutely welcome that uh, for sure. You know, we feel like we're going to be able to have an impact this fall as we we release our survey again. And so, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, please reach out.
0: Gotcha. Well, man, you've got an open invitation to come back on the podcast to promote um, and tell everybody about when the fall one is ready. Um, I will definitely be filling out the fall survey this time around. Yeah, you will. (laughs) <laughs> Let me know if you need an early surveyor. I'm more than happy to put my, put my 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 John Hancock on that as well. Um, but man, it's been it has been so good to talk to you. It has been such a fun time. Um, I I can't remember a podcast that I've done where I've gone through so many varied subjects but still kept <laughs> on like this main little track about the the survey. Um, it's been so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate you. Um, really quick. What's your Twitter, Instagram, and all that if you, if you care for people to find you on there?
1: Yeah. So, um, at Hopalytics, but then for me personally, Hopalytics Al is my, is my Twitter. Um, and then the Hopalytics account for for Instagram and and Facebook as well. You can reach me that way because I'm the, I'm honestly the main contributor to those at this point of the year. So, um, you can reach me directly that way. Uh, also on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. And then how big yeah. is your team that, that's doing this? So it's a bit of a
1: hodgepodge of folks, to be honest. There's about seven of us um, right now. You know, we, we make it pretty – it's pretty important for us to take that brewer input. And so like I said my, my brother-in-law runs a, a brewery in Illinois, and the fact that I have an out-of-state brewer helping me with the, the beer-related questions is, is really important. But we've pulled together some folks from, from all different spaces um, to do this. But, you know, again – my background's in data analytics, it's in surveying, it's in survey science, and so we feel like that's that's been the number one um, kind of driver of this, uh, is getting the survey
0: survey piece right. Gotcha. gotcha. And give a shout out to your brother-in-law's brewery.
1: I will. It's called Radium City Brewing. It's in uh, Ottawa, Illinois. So it's in central Illinois. Um, They are a, are a, a, a small nano brewery, distro only. They have a big following in Illinois, and I want to say they, they, they produce 150 bombers a time, and it's let's say very difficult to get your hands on those bombers. Okay, uh, gotcha. So uh, well, if you ever got it in now, yeah. If you ever <laughs> find yourself, well, yeah. If you ever make your way down here, I do I do have three or four um, barrel-aged bottles sitting in my sitting in my beer cellar, so uh, I'm always happy to share.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, I I will I will call a dibs on one of those at some point in time. Man, Easy. so good to talk to you. I really appreciate this. Um, everybody, please go check out Hopalytics, um and download the, the the results from the survey. Be on the lookout in the fall for the third survey to come out. I'm really excited about it. it it's only going to help out, even if you, I mean, I, I hope that you would fill out the whole thing, but um, to add your voice into this is only going to help out the broader crappier beer community. So, all right, boss. Have yeah. yourself a good rest of the night. Um, I've got just a little bit here left to cheers. So Me I can say that. Me too. All right, boss. Cheers. Right, well, take care. Yeah. Bye-bye.